Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts, including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. All right, so before we get started, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy, I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants, networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled, interview techniques that will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the Academy is a good fit for you. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College Superior Podcast. And today I have an amazing guest for you. Um, I have Greg Coquillo with me today. And Greg is Haitian, first-generation immigrant to the U.S. He's a husband, he's a father of two, and he's a huge movie fan. He specifically loves sci-fi, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. In terms of his professional life, um, Greg is awesome. Look, I followed him on, on, on LinkedIn, and I really like the content he's posting. Half of it I don't understand. is way too advanced for me, but I think it's still fun to read. Um, He's an industrial engineer with a master's in engineering management, uh, 10 years of continuing improvement and lean strategy. Um, he's really passionate about how data makes, um, has helped make a, he's really passionate about data and that helped him make a career pivot into tech. Um, and so he's very interested, he loves and interested in, in, in things about like artificial intelligence and machine learning. And so I want to talk a little bit about all that with, with Greg, because this is just industries that are just blowing up. And he recently, uh, well, I would say recently, like, you know, over, over six months ago, it moved to Seattle to work for Amazon. So you know that he knows what he's talking about. So Greg, man, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate it. And uh, good morning to the audience or good evening, depending on where you are on the globe. And it's such an honor to be here today to talk about my trajectory uh, in the U.S. I come from Haiti. Uh, my parents worked hard to send me here to work, uh, actually, actually to uh, be, go to school and then get a degree and uh, find employment in the U.S. So I'm happy to be here today. Again, I appreciate what you're doing, Danielle, for uh, uh, on your platform, using uh, other people's voices to shed the light to those who are working hard to uh, break it into uh, the professional life. So I appreciate you for doing that. No, no, absolutely. I mean, like this is mutual admiration here. Like love what you're doing, you know, love, you know, 
how you share your story on, on, on LinkedIn, the platform. And what is your, like, let's jump into a little bit about you and then we'll jump into about your career and how you transition into tech. But you say you're a big movie fan. What is your favorite non-sci-fi movie? See? <laughs> um, my favorite non-sci-fi, it's a historical movie. It's Gladiator, hands down. Um, I, I do not dispute Gladiator. Like, I could watch this all day, over and over again. I mean, the performance, the story, mm -hmm. it, you know, people can discuss the accuracy of it, but whatever, it's, it's, it's a cool movie to watch. Did, so. did, are you a big Star Wars fan then? Absolutely, absolutely. So watch all of them. So uh, all nine of them, actually. So uh, the recent ones, of course, you know, they're tailored to uh, the bigger audience, right? But to me, it's, it was satisfying because it closes that arc, you know, the yeah. story of Luke Skywalker and how it continues from there. And, and you know, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't had a chance to see the recent ones. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's a fat, you know, satisfying ending. So it, it was good. I don't know if you would believe me. Well, um, I honestly had never watched Star Wars until I know. Listen, hold on. I know. I know you can't look until like two months ago. And I went on a family vacation and with my wife's parents and her little brothers, um, they're, they're like not that little, like 20, 25 or 23, yeah. 22. Um, and I watched all nine uh, movies within less than two weeks. Um, wow. Yeah. So it, it was really awesome experiencing to watch the Star Wars movies like in a row, literally in order, one through nine. Um, and watching them so close together because mo like not, there's not many people who actually watch them all in a row, like so close together. So I was able to really catch some of the, like the details that if you were to watch only when they premiere and then, you know, there was years apart and sometimes a lot of time in between, it was hard. And then the, obviously that the order, right? Like it didn't like when the first Star Wars started, it started, I forgot, but it wasn't, it didn't start in number one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you got to have it, you know, the chronologically ordered uh, where you have the story of Luke Skywalker. It was the, the, the it's actually five, uh, you know, four, five, six yeah. you would have started with. And then you go with one, two, three, then you go seven, eight, nine. So yeah. uh, it, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's a good story. And I, I clearly understand why it connects. Right. So it's yeah. kind of like the, 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 good old story uh, of you know good versus evil yeah. you know good goes through this hardship and 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 you know fights his inner demons or fears and things like that confronts his fears and uh, comes up on top by uh, uh winning over over evil and uh you know with all the other uh twists in the plots that that right. exist but it's, it's great pure sci-fi it's it's amazing <laughs> i love it i'm a big fan let me ask you a question so we can, this is actually, we're going to shift it now into the career, but how does watching sci-fi help you in your job? Like, does, does it give you creativity to say, all right, like, can we reverse engineer what's been done in the movies to make them in real life? So that's a, that's a great question. And that's exactly why I love sci-fi, right? Not necessarily that you can reverse engineer it and make it true today because, uh, Sci-fi to me is the expression of our imagination. And our imagination can go, you know, you know, lot years ahead of, you know, the way we actually implement technology today. 
So, you know, really when you think about sci-fi, you're limited by the, the your, you know, the, your imagination. You can picture anything. And how does that help me at work is it opens up my mind to any possibility, you know, given the reality that, that we are in right now. And joining a company like Amazon even gives me that possibility because I can take my imagination and ground it in real data that I have and look for the constraints that I have and format a new idea that is more, that is more likely to be, you know, closer to reality, right? So right. Uh, I, I open up my mind to sci-fi because I don't want to be boxed into one way of thinking. So I want to continuously exercise, you know, ways of, you know, bringing in new ideas to solve problems. Love it. So let's talk about your career and let's not start with Amazon. We're going to finish with them just because it's your current job. You graduated yep. from the University of Florida. Uh, that's where my wife went to school. I still think UCF is the better, the best for the school, but we'll, we'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> so what, what, tell me about your career. You, got, you graduated from U University of Florida with a master's of science, engineering management. What did you, what was your first job out of college? So uh, first, you know, I want to mention real quick, when I, when I came here, it was a, a little tough because it was a little bit after uh, 2001, right? So things were really tough for, you know, international students. At that point in the United States, you know, you know it was all about, you know, making sure that things were controlled from any, any foreigners coming in uh, to study, um, any, any precautions, right? So the bachelor's was around industry engineering, then, you know, I, it was kind of hard as an international student to find uh, employment. So my, my, the, the way I played it is, you know, if, if I couldn't find a job within the next six months, I had to go back to Haiti. And, and my goal was to stay here and get yeah. some experience. And um, so I, I started my master's. So I was lucky enough to have parents who worked hard enough at home to take, uh, you know, to send myself and my two brothers, I'm in the middle, uh, to school and we each have a master's degree and we don't have any student debt. So that's a huge blessing. So I, I played the master's card to, to gain time and get a, an, an, a, an advanced degree. So after that, my first job was with Publix Supermarket. So I had a corporate job there. So Publix is one of the leading supermarkets in the United States, mostly on the East Coast. And uh, they also own manufacturing sites. So I was a process engineer for the manufacturing sites they had in their Florida uh, location, uh, Lakeland, more precisely. Yeah, in interesting. You know, so I half of the students that are in my mentoring program, my mentoring program I call the Mastering College Career Academy, are international students. And that is a, I see a lot of them have, you know, a master's or even PhDs. And when I ask them why, the primary reason, and, and all of them are very brilliant individuals, and, and, and I respect so much the international students because, they're already, you know, they've worked really hard in their academics to even get to America, to be able to attend school in America. And, um, and so they definitely value the education, but I see, I, I do see a lot of them going to go get their master's or, or pursuing a, another degree for them to be able to go get another job, right? Uh, what advice do you have for international students graduating around this time where the job market is very hard? So for me, the, the way I look at it is, you know, start early. I know you're about to graduate. Uh, if you haven't networked before, uh, then it's going to be super tough. 
And to me, I would say apply to as many jobs as you can and ignore the fact that they're asking you whether you're looking for a sponsorship or not. What that's going to do uh, is going to open up the door for some companies who are even give you a chance to discuss and that gets you practice, right? And also, you know, leverage, you know, platforms like LinkedIn, right? There are a lot of uh, channels that give information about, you know, what are the companies out there that are sponsoring for uh, uh, an H-1B visa, right? So, and then another thing too, it's not all about United States, right? You have other countries like Canada and Europe, you know, there are a lot of uh, countries accepting foreigners for their uh, uh, competence in the market. So open up your horizon. I know it's a little bit easier than done, but uh, start that networking as soon as you can. And yeah. uh, LinkedIn right now is one of the hottest one in that space. Fantastic. Hey, what, let me ask you a question. Why do you suggest um, applying to a lot of companies, you know, versus having like, why, why apply to a lot of companies? Like, what's your thought behind that strategy? So, and I'm speaking specifically to international students, right? A lot of these companies, they would say, do you need sponsorship? If no, I will not give you the time of day, right? So in that sense, uh, there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, doubt that creates for the international students, right? where they're afraid to apply so they don't get rejected. Um, do not lie. If you need sponsorship, do say so. But by applying to a lot, you'll find that one company who's kind of curious to, uh, uh, you know, ask you more questions and hopefully advance you to the next level, right? Um, so the way I look at it, when they ask that question, it doesn't mean they will not sponsor. It's just... Uh, uh, figuring out whether that company is able to sponsor or not. By that question, you can't really tell, right? You can't really tell whether they will sponsor you or not. So do not lie, but apply anyways. And yeah. I know that question scares a lot of people. It scared me. It discouraged me a lot. And it told me, okay, I don't need to apply because they're probably going to ask me for a sponsorship uh, if I need sponsorship. And when I say yes, I won't hear anything back. So do not let that discourage you. That's why I'm saying, you know, apply to as many as you can. You only need one chance. That's all yeah. you need. I guess, you know, from my experience, and, and so what I encourage my international students to do is to really focus on understanding and doing the research on what companies sponsor or not. Especially if you're coming right out of college, if, if a company hasn't, has never sponsored before, the odds are they won't sponsor you if you're right out of college. And they're going to use, if they're ever going to sponsor someone, it's going to be someone like you that have, might have a lot of experience, but might still need sponsorship, right? Or something like that. Uh, and generally what happens is like, anytime you apply uh, online, whether it's through the company's website itself, LinkedIn, Monster, Indeed, or whatever that might be, that question is always asked now. It's part of the, the questions. Every question is gonna ask, will you now or in the future need sponsorship? What happens when you answer yes, and I really do believe you need to answer honestly, is that, is that your resume or your application goes to the back of the pile right? Because the company is going to prioritize um, interviewing or looking at the, the students that don't need sponsorship. And it's not, it's more than anything because there's additional cost that comes with sponsoring. And so that is where I think networking is so important because what you need as an international student is visibility. And I truly believe the visibility is more important than ability when it comes to landing your first job, because there's so many brilliant international students 
that because they don't have the lack of visibility, because their resume never gets viewed because it's always in the back of the list, they are not getting the job. And it's not because they're not the smartest or they're not because they're not, most, they're not, more, they're not the more capable. I found it to be the international students to actually be more technically savvy than the national students, right? Like they invest so much in, in more degrees, more uh, like certifications. They learn on this side they, they participate in hackathons. Like they're just really involved in the technical aspect um, of their major. And where I see the lack is in the soft skills and networking as a whole. And like networking is hard as it's like networking is difficult for anybody, let alone when you come from a different culture and it's a complete culture check. Like, like I cannot imagine how difficult would it be if you're an international student that started your semester last January, right? Yeah. And then you're yeah. in this country, all your family somewhere in, in like in the other side of the world and you, you're locked in, like you're in, you're in quarantine for six months. Yeah. Right? Yep. You're right. You're right. And you know, when we come here, we're, we're really alone. Right. And one thing I would say to newcomers, right. Uh, is start early, integrate yourself into society. Don't lose yourself. If you're from Antigua, you know, uh, get with the, you know, you know, people who come from the same country and, 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 you know, in, in, in those communities, but also learn about the other ones, right? And in, on campus, I know it's not possible now, but when we go back to that stage, when there are recruiting uh, sessions held by, uh, you know, the big companies, participate. If you're in engineering school, go to those meetings, find out when they're inviting companies to speak or showcase go to career fairs, start early, because I believe companies will give you a better chance to uh, uh, do an internship before they would hire you full time. Yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. start getting your name out there and even instruct others too. So a lot of times, one thing I didn't do was look at my friends who are Americans and tell them about what I was going through. I kept it to myself. Yeah. I networked for sure. I went to career fairs and things, but when these guys uh, uh, and gals went to the professional world and they started having some good jobs. Um, they didn't even know how to help me simply because I didn't take the time to explain to them what I was going through and what I needed in terms of help. So not only network with companies coming in on campus to recruit, but also campus with, uh, you know, recruit, uh, uh, network with your peers as well. Because, yeah. you know, they're American, they're most likely will get uh, an opportunity before you. And if they know you, they've worked with you on a project, they most likely will help you find something and, and to get in. Hey, Daniel here. Hope you're enjoying this first half of the episode. But before we move on to the second half, I wanted to share the story of Luis Guzman, a student that has gone through the academy and found so much success. Enjoy. I am here in the new office for my internship that I got thanks to the Mastering College to Career Academy. I'm with one of the um, top accounting firms in the world and I wouldn't have done it without Mastering College to Career Academy and Daniel's Patera help. Honestly, I started noticing the difference once I enrolled because previously I would apply to pretty much everywhere and I would spend two or three hours to just get the email two weeks later, hey, I'm sorry. We decided to move forward with a different candidate. But once I enrolled and I started applying the knowledge um, that is in the modules, I started getting um, interviews and eventually offers. And 
I'm graduating with four internships and I got a full-time offer in San Francisco with the top accounting firm in the world a year before graduation. So I don't want you to slip on it. This is an no-brainer. It's literally step-by-step step on um, how to become an ideal candidate. I hope you all the best of luck and don't, don't think too much about it. If you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. I love that advice and, and, and really, really focusing on getting to know your other students in your class. And I don't, you know, I had an interview in a podcast maybe two or three weeks ago with David and he is a very big advocate for international students as well. And we were talking about how he sees that one of the things that he sees a lot is like if people from Latin America, will then in the same class, they group together, you know, people from India will group together and people from Canada will group together. And, and I, I see that, you know, too, in America is the same thing. And, and you need to kind of go out, out, of, out of your shelf and your comfort zone and get to know people who, who, are, who are not like you, who don't look like you, who don't think like you. Right. And I think the key and, and we're seeing it, right, like diversity is going to be such a huge competitive advantage for companies. And so uh, having diversity of thought, backgrounds, experience, university, all of this plays into it. So it's so important that they're not, you know, like if you're an international student that yes, build friends from the, from the same country that you're from, but also don't be afraid. You know, I really encourage you to go out there and meet people from all different types of backgrounds and experiences and build a relationship with them and talk about what you're going through because what you're going through is extremely unique and is difficult. Very, very. Difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think integration is a two-way effort. <laughs> yep. We shouldn't, Americans to be all diverse when I come in here and I don't integrate myself yep. into society. So I Absolutely. have to make that effort as well. So that yep. helps out. So Greg, you started your career, you know, uh, Publix is a huge supermarket. Come, I mean, they're, they are the, I, I think they're the best run supermarket um, in the country. You know, honestly, I think it's super interesting. Here's a fun fact. I don't know if you knew this, but um, I, so I worked for PepsiCo and uh, Publix is one of our biggest clients here in the South. Um, but Publix has about a thousand stores. Uh, Kroger, who's the largest supermarket retailer in America, has two thousand stores. But Publix, with half of the amount of stores, is more profitable than Kroger. They're just weld oil machines, customer yes. service driven. It, it's all about market positioning, right? So if I'm delivering, if I'm committing as a company to deliver quality products. You know, and, and, and at the same time in the back end, I make sure that my costs are lower, then the profit will, 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 yeah. will, will, will increase, right? I love it. So I think that's what they, they commit to is higher quality products and that's their market positioning. And, uh, you know, their service is great and that's why people keep coming. And also in the back end, they have some good initiatives to reduce costs. They have good strategy where they have those key, uh, you know, manufacturing sites that are uh, reducing cost for, 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 for customers. So. Love it. So tell me you, you, you worked for what about eight to 10 years before you, you moved into, you transitioned into tech. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say eight. Yeah. I would say eight years. Yeah. Um, it, it was something that I, I would say always wanted to do, uh, but it wasn't, Early in my career, I wasn't really focusing around that. I was just focusing on finding a job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to start with Publix, then moved on to uh, another manufacturing company, Avery Dennison. They uh, do uh, labeling 
um, they sell adhesive, uh, um, and I was able to participate in this leadership development program. And there I had a chance to uh, touch on multiple positions there. And, you know, still, you know, tech company wasn't in my mind because mm -hmm. I felt like I was early into my career. I was trying to find myself, try different things to make sure that I understood the direction uh, uh, I wanted my career to take. And then, you know, it, it, it grew from there, right? So uh, as I started, you know, uh, fixing issues and proposing new ideas, I felt like the manufacturing companies weren't uh, the proper uh, environment for me to implement these ideas. So I thought, you know, a tech company would be more open to hearing those ideas and um, give me a chance to implement those and, and uh, bring value to the business. And have you seen that to be true? Like now that you, you've, you've experienced both working for a manufacturing company, now working for a tech company, do you really feel like you have more creative freedom to, to try things? Absolutely. So I can't speak for all tech companies, but yeah. I know for sure uh, Amazon is one of those where it, it's, it's a culture, culture wide, um, you know, stance that we make when it comes to failures. We really look at failures as a, a vehicle for learning and turning that into a success story. So uh, we're all encouraged to think outside the box, come up with something different. And uh, the way we do that is by staying close to what the customers want. So I can't just come up with an idea just like that and don't have anything else to back it up. I have to have sound uh, uh, investigation, sound data. I have to back that up with to make sure that I'm addressing a real pain point for the customers that would justify you know, uh, uh, the green light for me to go and implement that, that idea. Love it. And so um, you didn't, so you didn't start in tech eight years later, you moved into tech. Like what advice? So like if I am a student right now and you know, I really want to work in tech, but maybe I don't have the GPA. Maybe I just don't have the pedigree that they're the tech companies, like, you know, the Amazons, the Facebook, the apples, the Googles of the world are looking for right now. And I know that, you know, inside of me, I want to move into tech in the future. What's our game plan? Come on, coach. Tell us the game plan. Right. I got, I got, I got, I got it. <laughs> so, so for me, here's my secret sauce. Okay, it, it's really how you tell the story, but it has to be a real story of a problem that you solved. And the way you would solve that problem, it could be in a manufacturing setting, in a financial setting, uh, you name it, in a hospital, uh, you name it, in a digital space. Uh, the way I look at it, tech companies are really looking for people who are able to come up with a service or a product that where a lot of either customers onboarded that product or service, external or internal customers. So in my case, before joining Amazon, I was able to train myself to use Power BI to leverage data and create data products. And I was able to help, you know, commercial teams. I was able to help financial teams. I was able to help marketing with, you know, sending quotes to, to customers at a fast pace mm -hmm. or answer questions in a split second just by going through 
my 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 uh, products, my uh, data. So in that case, you want to talk about subscription type of service that I had with this product through Power BI. So if you can come up with a story like this, where you are able to fix a problem by providing a service or a mechanism or a process or a product that people starting to onboard by the many, then you have a solid story to sell. Companies like Amazon, uh, you know, uh, Facebook, Google, they're looking for success stories like this. Now, if you are a coder, I can't really help you much. I'm not the best at advising in that sense, but really look into how you're able to understand what the issue was and how you are able to uh, create a mechanism to take care of that issue, but also uh, help the group around you take care of their own issue using your product. Love it. So it's 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 essentially I I talk a lot a, a lot about this in my mentoring program about um, essentially what I call a, a PPP a potential proof project, right? Ultimately, anytime a company is hiring, it's because they're trying to solve a problem. And even if it's a company like Amazon that it's over a trillion dollars, or if it's a small mom and pop company, we all have limited resources, right? And because we have limited resources, every time we hire somebody, it's an investment. And I want to make sure that if I'm investing in someone or if Amazon is going to hire someone else, that if, if I'm going to pay them $100,000 as an example, right, that they're going to be able to hire this person because they're going to be solving a $150,000, $300,000 problem for them, right? If not, Absolutely. why would Amazon even like pay for that, right? Like, why would I even invest into this person if, if, if I don't think I'm going to get my return investment? And so what you as a, as a candidate, right, as a student, candidate, wherever you are in your career, uh, in your career is you need to say, okay, if this job is open, why is it open? And what is the problem that the company is trying to fix? And how do I prove to them that I know the problem and I have a solution to solve it? And so I always encourage them to do a project and a project takes a lot of time. And so if not, you could do a, a document. A document is kind of just like a business plan of what you plan to do. It still shows your potential because at the end of the day, you want to make this the most risk-free investment ever. You want this to be a low risk, high potential investment, because as a person, that's what I would want to invest in, right? Like I would love to invest in something that is low risk, but high reward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's key, right? Especially for young data scientists out there. Right. Yeah. And they don't have experience yet. They want to take on to a project and put that project on their resume. What I highly advise is help, you know, the person who's not a data scientist who might interview you, who's on the business side, help them understand how you can help them. If I'm on the business side and I will, I'm in the financial market or I'm in a bank and I'm trying to help my friend who's a data scientist hire and I look at this resume, I'd like to know that you worked on a project that is similar to somebody who can help me reduce credit fraud, for example. Yeah. Right. If, if you can guide me through your project and help me understand that in the very simple business sense, you're helping yourself too with the, you know, soft skills, which is communication skills, right? Because you're helping somebody who's not a data scientist understand the value that you can bring for the business. So to your point, you know, no, you don't have any experience, but how can you leverage your project to uh, make the hire connect with your story? It's, yep. it's just what you said, understand what they're going through or anticipate 
Yeah. And to anticipate, you have to do a lot of research on that company and understand what they're going through and understand what their goals and visions are. Absolutely. No, I, I, think, I think we could definitely agree on that. What is one last piece of advice that we've been talking out now for close to 30 minutes, but what is, you know, we've, you've shared a lot more than me, right? You've definitely shared a lot today in this episode. But if the students listening to this episode today could only take away one main thing, what would you want them to take away? I would say use time to your advantage and use time to try different things. It's totally fine to not start where you want to be. But use that time to figure out what you don't want to do. Yeah. The sooner you find that out, the sooner you can start working on the things that you see yourself in 5, 10 years, 15 years. Love it. That, that's, 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 that's what I can tell. And, and to me, a 20-something-year-old is, you know, the, the most precious commodity right now is time. So use it wisely. And take everything gracefully because you can use whatever you learn today in the position, you can use that, those skills in the next one and then the next one and then the next one. Love it. Until you become you. you, become you. Love it. I, I, that is such a good advice. I, I do think, you know, time is definitely the most valuable resources that we all have. Right. And it's how you utilize it. You know, that's really going to determine your outcome. Like it's someone once said to me, show me how you spend your time and I'll show you what your future looks like. Right. It's, Absolutely. It's so important. So no, I, I, that's an amazing piece of advice. So Greg, if, if a student wants to learn more, wants to read your content, what is the easiest way for them to get to know you? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on LinkedIn, Greg Coquillo. Uh, you can uh, we'll look, look for me there. Uh, and uh, I, I, I respond to most um, messages, but I, I try to post just about every day. I post about most, most things. And uh, reach out to me, and, and I'll, I'll be happy to discuss and talk. Connect with me, and, and uh, thank you again, Danielle, for that opportunity. I appreciate it. No, no, thank you. I will put up your, your link on the show notes for anybody that's I want to connect with you. I definitely just encourage you just follow him and I'll read his content. It's going to be extremely helpful. Uh, Greg, you're full of knowledge, man. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. And I'm so sorry that you went to UF and you didn't have the pleasure to go to the university of central Florida, uh, the best, the best university in Florida. Uh, I'm just kidding. And my wife probably, if she didn't have her headphones on, she would be hitting me with her shoe or something, but <laughs> Greg, thank you so much, my friend, for everybody else listening. Catch you guys on the next episode. All right, my friend, congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. In the age of short attention span, this speaks volumes of you. So now, if you found value in this episode, then I am sure you're going to find value in the Mastering College to Career Academy. So if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy, go to masteringcollegetocareer.com or just send me a message. Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode.